Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Incredible atmosphere, monkey's uncle at the beach, no place I'd rather be, and it is a party sponsored by Miller Lite. We have $3 Miller Lite trash, we have $11 Miller Lite pitchers, plus we can put your name and email in the hat or in the bucket, the Miller Lite Duval bucket, and at 8 o'clock we will draw a winner to get two tickets for Monday night. It is the Jaguars back on Monday night football playing host to the Olympic Cincinnati Bengals. They let three straight escape them. Okay. And it's really unusual because Jacksonville has been, I got to believe this is the most successful they've been against any opponent lifetime. They're 13 and 11. Okay. I know saying that to be a smart ass just look at their records against teams they have losing records against almost every team they're eight and three at home which is sensational that is clearly a home record a winning percent of seven uh, 72.7 and certainly it is the highest percent uh, for anything that has been more than 10 games played but they have actually lost two in a row to the Bengals and they've lost six out of the last eight to Cincinnati. The Bengals right now are a hurting football team, although today's injury report did show some encouragement if you are a fan of the Bengals. I think the big story here in Jacksonville is basically twofold now that Cam Robinson is out. Will Travis Etienne play on Sunday? Will Tyson Campbell play on Sunday? We are at Monkey's Uncle. Third Street at the beach. Come on out. Going to have a lot of fun again. Thank you to Miller Lite. $3 drafts, $11 pitchers. Before we get things rolling, I have to commend each and every one of you for yesterday. Just an incredible effort, and how generous you are is spectacular, okay? 268,131 dollars. That is a new record. It was our 16th annual J Fun Radiothon, and again, 268,131. Something to really be proud about and you know I'm not surprised that's the part of it that where honesty comes into play I'm, I'm not and I understand it's been a rough year uh, for many people okay um, you know times are tough for many people and I get it so your generosity for these kids and these families of kids is uh, just a, a phenomenal set of circumstances and again so happy uh, that you were able to do that yesterday. Congratulations, $268,000. Make that two sixty-eight one three one. So uh, uh, two sixty-eight and some change. Again, thank you. Today is also the 30th birthday of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where were you when then this, you know, this announcement was made? I, I remember I was in Tallahassee, just totally, absolutely, fully entrenched with Florida State in a national championship, that month of November in 1993 was so incredibly emotional. I had been lucky enough, along with my brother, 
to go to the game of the century when it was number one Florida State, number two Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat them, okay, on the tall, wet grass in South Bend. And what happened a week later? Yeah, the man with the J-Fund, the man who came up and got things rolling, Tom Coughlin, takes an unranked Boston College team into South Bend, Indiana. They make a field goal that goes left and right and left and just barely makes its way in between the uprights. And they knock off the number one team in America. Later that night, North Carolina State came into town. They were ranked. Florida State clobbered them. You know, it was like 62-7 to or something crazy like that. And, of course, a week later would be the matchup, top ten matchup in the Swamp. Uh, Florida State knocking off Florida. The theatrics late in the game uh, between Charlie Ward and Warwick Dunn. And Florida State would go on to win their first national championship when, for some reason or another, they elected to take on the corn-fed Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, Let's play them in a phone booth. One of the most ridiculous decisions that that coaching staff ever made, even though it was a win, even though it was a victory, it was still just a terrible game plan, but it resulted in Bobby Bowden's first ever national championship. But that's where all my attention was. And when I heard that down the road Jackson was getting a franchise, I was like, okay, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, up until then, I wasn't in radio yet. I was still a bartender. I graduated in 91. Obviously, I was a fan of the NFL. I would go down to Miami every year for the uh, Florida State Dolphins, uh, excuse me, the uh, New England Patriots-Miami Dolphins game. And back then in those type of divisions, Tampa Bay and the old Sombrero, they used to play Green Bay every year. And we had a great hookup for seats. And if I remember correctly, I think half the time I was partying with, like, Green Bay Packer fans. I, I didn't have a dog in the race, so to speak, but it was always a lot of fun. Uh, Green Bay would bring in 30,000 fans or whatever, and it was a pretty cool atmosphere. Uh, but, you know, I was, all right, Jacksonville's going to get it. And then, of course, when um, we picked up the affiliate in Tallahassee in 1995, I remember Mike Dorowit and Brian Sexton rolled into town and said, you guys have got to cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there was a little bit of conflict kind of going back and forth. I'm trying to remember if Gene Deckerhoff was actually the voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1995. I, I, I don't remember. It might have been um, when I did the simulcast show in 99. I can't remember when I did In 99, I went back to, you know, Jacksonville and Tallahassee when I got fired for the ball when I was on uh, 930 here. There, there was some debate about it because Gene's a legend in Tallahassee, but when he started to do the Buccaneer games, the automatic feeling in God's country is, well, we got to cover Gene Deckerhoff. we got to cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what, what happened out of that, but uh, to make a long story short, we ran the Jacks, at least in 95, and then I came over here in 96. But So it was one that kind of slipped between the pads, as I use a hockey term, looking back. 30 years later, and, you know, it's just amazing to think that that announcement changed so many lives, including mine. I, I mean, I never would have dreamed of coming to Jacksonville if you didn't have an NFL franchise. I wasn't going to come over here to talk college football, okay? I could do that absolutely in Tallahassee. You know, I, I, I guess my dream was to always be 
as well in a hockey market because if you cut me up, I spill hockey. Tampa made a lot of sense later and some Miami, and there were overtures and whatever, but I, I just fell in love with Jacksonville. And after the seven years in Chicago, I came back, and this is it. This is where I'll die, okay? This is where my final breath will be right here in Duval. But it's, it's funny how things can end up being so huge in your life, but you have really very little idea about it when it happens. And that was exactly the case 30 years ago today when it was announced that the Jaguars were getting a franchise. I don't even think it changed me at all outside of maybe a really. And I'd only been here once. I'd been here in 89 uh, when Lord Favre in southern Mississippi uh, knocked off Florida State on a, an incredibly hot day uh, at the Gator Bowl. And, it, you know, it was just awful uh, to, to sit in that hungover. Southern Miss won the next day at the landing. You had the Marshall Tucker band playing out at the landing. They were playing all. They, were, they opened with Can't You See. They, at midway through the show, they did Can't You See Acoustic. And then with the roar of the crowd, they came back in after and once again played Can't You See. What's the other hit, Marshall Tucker? They're, they're a two-hit wonder. Help me out here, JJ. Can't You See and Heard It in a Love Song. Okay, yeah, they absolutely heard it in a love song. So enough of that. But that was 30 years ago, and um, couldn't be happier about it. I know some are worried that they're going to go away and this stuff. It's not going to happen. They're not going to go away. I keep winning football games. They're not going to go away. Winning fixes everything. You got yourself a quarterback. You got yourself a coach. You got yourself some good football players. Again, times are tough. We thank you yesterday for your donations. You keep winning. You're going to keep selling out that place. And you can let the whomevers, uh, the talkies, if you will, go out and say whatever they want. Okay, interesting day today. In the Jaguars' locker room, you know, I, I, I think that when you look at what is going on here uh, with this football team and you consider week to week what they've been through and what they've done, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. This team never gets too high, it never gets too low. Here's an opportunity where no one's going to pick Cincinnati, right? Jacksonville's an eight, eight-and-a-half, nine-point favorite. Jacksonville's a football team now that has won nine in a row away from Jacksonville in the regular season. Here's a team that won their last couple of home games. So, you know, thinking about San Francisco and thinking about earlier against Houston, all right, all of a sudden you got wins. You got impressive wins, right? You knocked off Indy. You knocked off Tennessee. You did what you had to do and and win football games here. Um, So what I've been saying all along is what this team needs to do next is try to get that number one seed. And in the circles and in the you know years and years and years that we have covered or we have followed the NFL, getting the home field advantage means absolutely everything. That was kind of sideways for this franchise up until a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they had had more success. They still remain the only undefeated team in the NFL who has won every single game away from the bank. That's incredible. I mean, think about that for one moment. Only one team can say it, and you can add the two games they won in London. 
They have yet to lose when they haven't played here. But that's the home field advantage. That's what you want. That's what you play for. That's what I'm looking at now, which is the most important thing as far as I am concerned. Whether you look at Miami, whether you look at Baltimore, whether you look at Kansas City, it's about getting that first round by, being able to play one less game, and then getting home field the entire way through. Well, a little bit earlier today, this conversation certainly did come up. Trevor Lawrence was asked about it. Here's what he had to say. You know, if you want to talk about the number one seed or whatever that is, you know, we've put ourselves in a situation where that's attainable. You know, we're right there in the mix. So I think that's something that we definitely, we're not oblivious to that fact. Obviously, we're taking it one game at a time, and you got to win one game at a time in order to get there. But we understand that that's a real, that's something that's reachable for us and that we can do. Trevor Lawrence a little bit earlier today, and, and, you know, it just, it feels like, and it's it's been this way the entire the entire off season. It's been this way from August on as well. It just feels like being in that building, being inside the beautiful Miller Electric Center, is what it's all about. And unfortunately, I've been around here for a lot of times where that's like the last place you want to go for a number of years. Going down to visit the Jaguars was like visiting your in-laws, right? It was like taking on the mother-in-law on very little, if not zero sleep. You knew you could show up with roses. You could show up with wine, red, white. You could show up with cupcakes, little, little, nice, little, uh, you know, nice little Twinkies, whatever it may be. And that mother-in-law was just going to find a way to say to her daughter, what in the hell are you doing with a guy like that? That's what it was like. Week after week after week, it was actually painful at times to have to go over there. I mean, no one would say anything. Members in the locker room would kind of look at you like, are you really going to come over here and ask me the same damn question again? Not anymore. Now it's like, hey, this is a great time. This is fun. Hey, did you have a good vacation? Or did you have a nice off day? Happy Thanksgiving. Where were you 30 years? It's, it's just amazing what winning does uh, to any business. And that includes this organization. So we're going to replay a couple of interviews I did just moments ago. Caught up with uh, Dearness Johnson. I I think that that's really the biggest key for Jacksonville on Sunday. Uh, Regardless of which way you break down this game, it comes out smelling like a Jaguars win. The NFL can be tricky, as we've seen. There are upsets each and every week. But there's one thing that I'd really like to see with this football team. I want them to get a little bit better when it comes to running the football, okay? If you look at their average per, it's really down, not only across the league, but also individually speaking. I mean, Travis Etienne all of a sudden down to 3.7 yards a carry. Now, he's run it almost 200 times. He's second in the NFL in carries. A year ago, we know that he had an average of 5.1. Think about that. We're heading towards uh, one and a half yards difference and I understand that if you look at things long term the more carries you get the less your average is going to be okay so I get that but still I think Travis Etienne's having a better year this year than he did a year ago others would argue with me and say what are you kidding me Blue? he had less touches last year he's averaging 5.1 yards what are you looking at he's struggling he's only getting 3.7 this year anyway it's a good conversation And as always, you can uh, give us your opinion on our text lines 
at um, uh, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Dearness Johnson, again, I caught up with him. We'll play that momentarily. He's only averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Tank Bigsby, 2.4 yards a carry. Am I nitpicking? Probably. Okay. I mean, Trevor Lawrence in this pass offense has exploded the last couple of weeks. Grant that he hasn't thrown for a lot of touchdown passes. I think he only has 12 on the year. But we've seen what this football team is able to do, how they're able to stretch defenses. And last week in that victory for Jacksonville, it was the most ever as far as average pass attempt for Trevor Lawrence, over nine yards. That's about as good as you could ask for. Just like to see things get a little bit better with their rushing offense. I love the fact that in consecutive weeks now, we have seen Dearness Johnson get eight touches, right? He's had seven rushing attempts, and he's had one receiving uh, or one reception as well. So certainly that is good, and we'll take a look at that as we really begin to break down this matchup between Jacksonville and Cincinnati. All right, we invite you to come on by um, Monkey's Uncle. I mean, this place is always a lot of fun. they got a great Cheers-like bar. You can tell there's some regulars in here. I could see some elbows that have been dug into this wooden bar uh, for several hours. Gentlemen, I'll tell you that right now, uh, Graham, what would you say? There's probably 100 people in the bar. I'm going to say my estimation, because I got the best eyes you could ever ask for from the good folks down the road here at Carlson Dental. I'm going to say there's 87 women in here and 13 men. I counted 90-10. Okay, okay. Well, you're That's younger. You, you know, you, you're able to. I, uh, I figured you might bring that up, so I, I got a pre-count in, and I think it's 90-10. No, all right, 90-10, says Grant. On, uh, uh, right now, that's the women-to-men ratio. And we have $3 Miller Lite drafts. We also have $11 Miller Lite pitchers. We have two tickets for Monday night's game that you can register for. Just put your name in the bucket here, the Jaguars and the Bengals. We also have a box to the right of us where you can register to win for Rockville. And I noticed that card the other day. Three days' worth of, of rock. Uh, boy, I miss Rockville here. I do. I mean, Daytona would be a whole heck of a lot of fun uh, to go to. Some great bands. But you can come by, register for that as well. We're not going to draw the, the Rockville today, though. That's coming at a later date. That is correct. That right. is at a later date. You just uh, you just enter it in for now, and then uh, hopefully you get uh, the best phone call ever down the road. Yeah, that'll be a blast. So come on, Bob. We've got two opportunities for you to win, and we got an awful lot to do right here on this uh, Thursday night edition. All right, opening comments are brought to you. I, I think I said Eyesight and Carlson Carlson Dental, who uh, do have a couple of, uh, of locations. Uh, my apologies to the great Shmunez family. Um, they're out here at the beach. And as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to go visit them again next week. I, I, you know, I get these headaches, and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. And I go, I go and I see a uh, neurologist, and he's like, yeah, man, did you have COVID? I'm like, yeah, man, I had it. He's like, hey, man, did you get the jab? I'm like, yeah, man, I got it twice. And I go, every time I mention the jab, there's people out there who literally want me to die. That's just amazing. You know, that's how their political beliefs are. But outside of that, I have these side effects, right? And I don't know what's wrong. Nothing's going on. I visited the, the ear, the throat, and nose doctor. I, I, I go to Dr. Shinatri, who is so wonderful. It's the only way I get relief is when I have the acupuncture and the needling for my headaches, okay? 
But they're like, what about your eyes? What about your eyes? So, bam, what did I do? Shmunez vision once again. Went in. That's not the case. 2020 eyesight with the good folks at Shmunez Vision. But there's so much more than just getting an eye test. For instance, eight and a half years ago, I went in for a normal checkup. Dr. Neil Shmunez was like, bro, you've got it. You've got it bad. We've got to remove that out of your right eye. Very next day, I had surgery. That is part of what they do as well. Personal high-quality medical and surgical eye care. It's dark right now. You're driving home. Just ask yourself, how are your eyes? Are they weak? Is fatigue set in? If that's the case, another reason why you may be a candidate for laser eye surgery, never having to worry again about contacts, glasses, etc. Check them out. Go to ShmunezVision.com. That is ShmunezVision.com. All right, we got a ton to do. We're live from Monkey's Uncle out at the beach. Come on by and say hello. Register to win a couple of tickets for the Jaguars and the Bengals. That's coming up Monday night. Thank you to our good folks at Miller Lake. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I just got a text from a buddy who said that they saw Marshall Tucker recently. They didn't play this. Imagine having two hits and you don't play one of them. Isn't that just rude? And I know down here. I know down here in the Deep South, you're going to tell me that Marshall Tucker has much more than two hits. Two radio hits that, that we hear. Uh, listen, I'll do some deep cuts with the Almonds and Leonard Skinner, and that's probably it for me when it comes to uh, to Southern Rock. I think a lot of people refer to Credence as Southern Rock. It's it's not. That's uh, that's Hayden Ashbury, man. That's 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 Bay Rock, or maybe they're a little bit more on the, like the uh, the Journey side, right? You never heard Journey. With hate and Ashbury. Well, then again, they were about a decade later. But when you hear Clemson, you know, you hear Credence, it sounds like Swamp Rock, right? You know, it's somewhere in the bowels of uh, Louisiana. It's not. It's Northern California. It's ZZ Top, maybe, right? But I think that's more Texas. Texas Rock. So, anyway, yeah, but 30 years ago, Jaguars announced that they were coming. And... Uh, I came over here not knowing anything outside of that trip in 89 when the Knolls lost to Southern Mississippi. My goodness. Lord Favre spinning away. Then Marshall Tucker was 120 degrees out at the landing, and they're like in flannels, you know, just wailing away on the guitars. Hey, a lot of folks rolling in. Uh, Johnny, uh, the father-son combination of John's Auto, they they both donated $1,010 yesterday. How cool was that? Part of the $268,000 $268,000 purse that um, was donated by you, which will now go to the kids and their families. It's, it really is one of our favorite days of the year, and you have totally, totally, again, out, uh, out, outdone yourself, and that, that's just something that continuously happens year after year. So great stuff there. All right, we got an awful lot on college football coming up here momentarily the awards continuously pile up as well for florida state mike norvell today atlantic coast conference coach of the year yesterday jordan travis atlantic coast conference player of the year and 
I'm going to get into this 12-team college football playoff scenario in about 15 minutes. I also want to get into the biggest question that no one rightfully has an answer to. And it sounds a little bit like this. What if Bama beats Georgia? Do they both get in? Or does Florida State stay in with a victory anyway? It's a, it's a really complex issue. It is. Historically, Florida State wins their end. Conversation over, right? Well, we're starting to get the Paul Feinbaums, the Joe Klatz, all sorts of people saying different things. But perhaps the biggest indictment yet was announced earlier this afternoon, and I saw it from, uh, I, you know, I don't know if they are a sponsor of our radio station, so until I find that out, I'm not going to give them credit uh, for their particular sports book. But it is certainly one of the more popular ones, okay? And they got... Let's see here. Four. They've got ten proposed odds, if you will. Hypothetical. Not even hypothetical. Potential college football playoff odds. And they're all, you know, a point, three, four. You got some sixes here. And then you get the Florida State, and it's like, wow. They're doing whatever they can to keep this Florida State team out. You have Georgia against Florida State. The odds here are 14 and a half points favoring the dogs. All right? Um, we're talking about the four best teams in America. We're talking about the other 121 teams are home watching. You're matching one against four. You're matching two against three. It's the four best teams in college football. You're trying to tell me the odds are 14 and a half favoring Georgia? In this matchup, people are going to scream if that's the game. Michigan, a 13-point favorite over Florida State. So, again, this is just potential college football odds. But another day goes by, and you're getting more and more people who are yelling and saying you can't allow Florida State to get in. Their quarterback is out. Their quarterback is hurt. They're not nearly as complete of a team now as they were when they had Jordan Travis. And you know what? If you subscribe to that and you believe that, fine. That's your opinion. If you go the other way with it and say, what are you talking about? Maybe Tate Rodemaker finds lightning in a bottle. Maybe Tate Rodemaker is enough for this team to get it done against Gooeyville and go into the Final Four, and we'll see what happens then. There doesn't seem to be a right answer, right? It feels like there's more wrong answers than there is one right answer. So I want to talk about this a little bit more. I keep getting asked about it. And everyone's hypothetical. You know, it's it's one hypothetical after another. It's, hey, Baloo, what if, you know, the Knowles get a last-second field goal against Louisville, and they win 25-24, but Bama... Knocks off Georgia by the same score. They get a they get a last second field goal, and I'm like, you know, who goes? And I'm like, well, you know, Florida State should go. They're undefeated. They beat every team that they were asked to play. And then someone's gonna say, yeah, but Georgia's won 30 in a row. They've won two national titles. Alabama knocked them off. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, they also 
threw a fourth down desperation pass Saturday to win a game. They also lost head-to-head at home to Texas. And if Texas knocks off Oklahoma State, and Texas is never going to go. Yeah, you know that, and I know that. Some of these rules are not. I mean, Florida State loses, they're out. The loser of Oregon-Washington loses, they're out. Michigan's a 23-and-a-half, 24-point favorite over Iowa. Iowa may not score. If Iowa somehow beat them, there's no way Michigan is still in. They're out. In schools like Texas, you can make that argument with Alabama, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're not going to get in. They don't have the street cred. There's only two teams in America that do. One is Georgia, deservedly so. The other is Alabama. They continue to have the broad shoulders and the huge mouth. Massive jowls. And it's led by Nick Saban. Nick Saban is, even though he did not get calls against uh, Auburn, it was actually really bizarre to see, like, Auburn get call after call or non-call. I mean, it was like one of the first times that I can remember in a very long period of time where Nick Saban was not getting every call. Let's face it, if there's a debatable call, Nick Saban's always going to get it. He did not in the Iron Bowl, but they still have that street cred. And I do think when it's all said and done, one of the greatest ways to look at this, if the committee, you know, with Boo Corrigan, and, and, you know, all you have to say is Boo, Boo Corrigan. I mean, if that isn't an SEC name, what in the heck is? For crying out loud, his name is Boo. Do you think with a guy who has a name like Boo, he's going to choose Florida State over Alabama? He's going to choose Texas over Alabama? His name's Boo. You only name people Boo. Down here in the Deep South, down here. In the SEC, the SEC didn't even want Florida State 25 years ago. They're sure as heck not going to put them in now. So it's going to be really pretty crazy uh, when this whole thing is, is said and done. I'm conflicted. I never have been in my life, but I am right now. I'm trying to figure out where I sit with all of this. You know, what's better? Um... If they lose to Louisville, I kind of think they lose two in a row, right? Everyone's going to ask out of the bowl game. All the stars are going to ask out. I don't care who they play. It kind of feels like if they lose Saturday, they lose two straight. If they win Saturday and they go on and take on a Georgia or a Michigan, well, the experts are telling us they're going to get clobbered. Would you rather go and get clobbered and lose your final game of the year, like, you know, the way you did, let's say, when that 29-game win streak was snapped. Uh, Florida State just kept turning the ball over. I mean, it was Travis Rudolph with fumbles, Dalvin Cook with fumbles, Jameis had that fumble that became a meme, and, you know, Jalen Ramsey drops a Marcus Mariota touchdown pass. He should have had a pick six. Jalen had trouble. He, He didn't have hands. Jalen picks off that ball. That's seven points going the other way. Two plays later, Oregon scores. That's seven points for the Ducks. Let's do the math there. That's a 14-point swing. You think that was important? Okay? Uh, But 
it ended up being an embarrassment for Florida State. And I remember Twitter on that particular night, people were just climbing on FSU. What would you rather have? Would you rather go play a Georgia in a Michigan where the feeling is you're going to get clobbered? Or would you rather knock off Louisville, go play in a bowl game that probably doesn't mean anything? But at least you can have that argument of what could have been. It's On the surface, it probably feels like to most of you a very obvious answer. Give me Georgia. Give me Michigan. But let that settle in for a couple of minutes. Honestly, is that what is best for this football team? I've been wrestling with that. I've been doing that. JJ and I have talked about this. I don't know if we have on here. We've talked about this off air for what? The last two or three weeks, JJ? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been going back and forth about this and, and, and whether or not this actually comes to play. Um, we will see. That, that, that's why winning this game against Louisville becomes really important because you don't want to lose two in a row and take that into recruiting and, and take that into the offseason. You, you just don't want that to have happen and you know one losing one is is good enough you start next year you're in ireland against georgia tech who's a two in a row all of a sudden it's like okay you know you can always make the excuse that jordan travis uh is in fact out but still that brings a feeling of losing uh into your building and it's going to be tough for florida state if they don't knock off louisville because i i think you're going to see all of these kids who end up getting drafted they're going to remove themselves from this ball game. I believe that is going to be the case. All right, let's take a break. Why don't we do that? When we come back, let's uh, turn our attention again back to the NFL. Let's talk to Devin Lloyd. Met up with him a couple of hours ago in the Jaguars locker room. If you want to comment on anything you heard me just say, whether it's the college football playoff, my thoughts there on Florida State, uh, what do you think's best? What would you rather have happen? Okay, or anything on the Jaguars, it's good. Six four one ten ten. That is on our text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Miller Lite is sponsoring our party. We have three dollar Miller Lite drafts. We have eleven dollar Miller Lite pitchers. We're broadcasting live from Monkey's Uncle out here on Third Street at the beach. Happy hour will continue up until eight o'clock. Also, come by and register to win two tickets for the game Monday night. Between the Jaguars and the Bengals, I'll announce the winner at 8. And you can also register for tickets to Rockville. Okay, we will not draw that winner tonight, but you can put your name in the bucket. And we will do that at a later date. Three awesome days of shows coming up in Daytona uh, in early 2024. So make sure you sign up for that as well. we got much more to do. Take you up till 8 o'clock. It's great to have you with us. This is Into the Night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we are live at Monkey's Uncle. Having a great time out, uh, out here. $3 Miller Lite drafts, $11 Miller Lite pitchers. We are at the beach location. Folks signing up to win tickets for Monday night. So come on by and uh, say hello. Getting a ton in on the text line. 641-1010. Uh, a lot of you are throwing back hypotheticals. What if Florida State wins by 30? 
Um, okay. I mean, you really think that's going to happen? Uh, Florida State's the only team in America that has come from behind four times this year, trailing by double digits or more. The last two weeks, they were down 13. It, it cost them their quarterback. They had to make a play against North Alabama or South Alabama, whoever the hell it was, because they were so flat. You had to use them in that situation. Uh, you were down 12 nothing, totally unprepared against the University of Florida. Now, you're a phenomenal second-half football team. You allow 4.8 points defensively in the second half. That is third in college football. Your scoring offense is second in college football in the second half. This is a really good football team. But when you're part of a playoff selection committee and you tune in early and you find that you're part of 13 and 12-point deficits, I think you're going to scratch your head a little bit. Now you're forecasting a 30-point victory over Louisville? I, you know, listen, I hope you're right. It'd be great to have a stress-free game. But let me ask you, when's the last time Florida State had a stress-free game? Honestly. Give me an answer. When's the last time Florida State had a stress-free game? They've won 18 in a row. When's the last time you weren't nervous? Don't tell me Virginia Tech, even when you're up 17 nothing. Don't even... Don't even do it. You saw what happened there. Yards, 138 to minus 6 in the second quarter. You saw what happened with Miami up 10 nothing. Before you know it, you're trailing 13-10. You saw what you did when you had a 31-10 lead against Boston College. So, I mean, the Jaguars have had stress-free wins, right? When's the last time Florida State's had a stress-free win? You're talking about a 30-point victory? Against Louisville, this is from the uh, 0981. Uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, Baloo. Uh, what if Florida State and Tate play lights on Saturday? Let's say they win by 30. Would the committee change their mind on keeping them out? Also, why is it out of the question to think that Tate could catch fire? What if he balls up? I hope you're right. I, I, I hope they do a better job coaching him. Why do they run all these RPOs if he's not going to run? Why are they flushing him against his body and against his right arm? Why are they running him out to the left side in a short field? I mean, some very, very questionable play calls. Why would you run RPO after RPO if Tate's not going to run the ball? And, you know, the, the... the all-world Johnny Wilson, the all-world Keon Coleman, feel free to make a play. Feel free to help your quarterback make it his second career start. You guys have more drops than, ca- than, than catches on Sunday. So, maybe. I, good. I, I'd love it. But I, I just... I don't know. You and I are watching different games. It, you know, I mean, the defense has been absolutely spectacular. Sticking with Trey Benson has been absolutely spectacular. What if they quick hooked him and went to Toa Feely and Holmes and Rodney Hill? They didn't. 
They stayed with him. He didn't look like he was going to do anything early in the football game. Their first carry was Jaheim Bell. They went back to a counter. And look at their first two three and outs. This is not a – I just don't think you can expect Florida State on a cold night in Charlotte to come out in the first quarter and look like they're ready to play football. They haven't done that. They don't do that. And then they're going to go through that low where they fall asleep. You hope the low's early, like it was against the Gators in the first quarter and some change. They were totally awake come the second half. Sooner or later, that's going yeah, to catch up against them. You take on these great teams, uh, that is what, in fact, is going to happen. Uh, let me see this. Florida, as an FSU fan, you almost not want to get into a college football playoff. It could turn into an embarrassment. This is from the 38-23. I understand what you're saying here, Okay. Georgia and Michigan could destroy us. Now, whether that's a planted one, a non-Florida State guy, or whatever, it, it makes sense. you got to beat Louisville on Saturday night. What's best-case scenario for Florida State after that? Well, most of you are going to say, give us Georgia. Give us Michigan. Wouldn't getting whomever in a bowl game, being left out, being angry, being able to say to your buddies forever and forever and forever, well, we didn't get a shot. We didn't get that opportunity. And we'll never know. Florida State's got phenomenal talent. they got phenomenal athletes. They could have won those games. All of a sudden, it becomes a question that we cannot provide an answer for. I almost love the mystery of it. I do. And I think it'd be kind of cool to carry over uh, to the next season. That, that's just my way of, of looking at it. And, you know, Boo Corrigan and who's the other knucklehead who was so bad forever? Bill Hancock. They're tough to understand. There's no concise, exact answer. It's like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Head-to-head is more important. Well... If that's the case, doesn't Texas winning at Alabama mean something? Oh, but that was early in the season. Oh, I got you. Okay. No one is, quote, unquote, deserving of going. That's kind of the conversation piece that most are having. Do you take the top four ranked teams in America? Do you take the top four most deserving teams in America? Or do you take the four best teams in America? Forget about rankings. The four best teams. What is the job of the college football playoff committee? I just showed you these lines. If you're telling me that Georgia's a 14-and-a-half point favorite over Florida State, they shouldn't be going. Period. They shouldn't. They're not one of the four best teams. I don't like saying it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But it, 14 and a half points. You think if Alabama or Texas got in or if Ohio State somehow got in, that they're going to be a 14 and a half point underdog to Michigan or a 14 and a half point underdog to Georgia? Ask yourself these questions. You lost your quarterback. It sucks. You lost him. 
Look at the Bengals. They're coming in here. I'm not even talking about the Bengals. Why? Cincinnati's lost three in a row. Joe Mixon was held to 16 yards last week against Pittsburgh. Cincinnati has the worst rushing offense in the NFL. Jacksonville has the fourth best rushing defense in the NFL. I mean, it's like, it's an afterthought. You know, I'm always trying to build up the event, right? Make it Mickey Mantle. Oh, it's, it's Jacksonville, Cincinnati. No, it's Mickey Mantle, man. It's Willie Mays. It's Duke Schneider. It's, it's Brooklyn. It's New York. You know, for those of you who don't know, San Francisco, the Giants used to be in New York. The Dodgers used to be in Brooklyn. I mean, that program director told me that years and years and years ago. Not any of the ones back here uh, before I went to Chicago. All they knew was the difference between Fog Hat and Iron Maiden. Okay? I learned that in Chicago, regardless of who you talk to, regardless of what the game is that you're covering. Make it Mickey Mantle. I'm trying to make Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Mickey Mantle. I can't. It's a one-sided affair. Jacksonville's going to crush them. They lost Joe Burrow. Cleveland next week. They lost to Sean Watson. These teams don't have a chance. Florida State lost Jordan Travis. They don't have a chance. Okay? They have a chance against a bad Florida team. They have a chance against a Louisville team that just allowed 31 points in the second half. They don't have a chance against Georgia. They don't have a chance against Michigan. That's the truth. If you want to call me a closet gator, you want to fire four-letter words at me, fine, I can take it. Look at me. I've taken plenty of punches over the years. It's the truth. And I don't want to rain on the parade, especially on a day where Mike Norvell got coach of the year. But if he had his guys ready, you wouldn't have to use a stupid Jordan Travis quarterback run against North Alabama, but you would down 13-0. That's on him. And that's on the leadership of this football team. Sometimes the truth sucks. We are live from Monkey's Uncle out at the beach. We will be here for another hour. Come on by. Register to win two tickets. Jaguars and Bengals coming up on Monday night. Brought to you by Miller Lite. We have $3 drafts. We have $11 Miller Lite pitchers. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh, yeah. No place I'd rather be. Monkey's uncle, surrounded by friends. Looking for enemies. Some of you on the text line taking shots at me, looking for enemies. And I, I don't see any here. Everyone here is just so friendly. I love it. My, who was that, by the way? Who was that, uh, JJ? Marshall Tucker Band. That was. Okay, I was reaching for some Marshall Tucker deep cuts. And I've had some people, I had three or four people here on the text line tell me they got a couple of other hits outside of a Heard It in a Love song. And can't you see, can't you see what that woman, she's been doing to me. Man, if you're in that type of relationship, get out. Come over here. Miller Lite, $3 drafts. $11 pitchers, an opportunity to win tickets for the game on Monday night. Drop your name in the bucket. Monkey's Uncle at the beach. Got a great Cheers-like bar. It's festive, too, with the holidays, Christmas stuff up. 
And um, I'm looking around right now. I, we had about 100 people in here earlier. I had officially, not, I had 87 women and 13 men. Some men have run in since then. Okay, I haven't seen a lot of ladies uh, come through the door since I made that announcement. So maybe I'll flip that around now. Ladies, there are 87 men here now, and there are only 13 ladies. So if you want to come on in with my great eyesight from Schmunes. I think earlier I might have mixed in Carlson. And, yes, whenever I get something wrong, I can always thank you on the text line, 641-1010, because you so beautifully and wonderfully point that out uh, to me, which is really kind of cool. All right, this Florida State thing has really touched a nerve, and, and this is where I need to go again. But I do want to mix in some Jaguar talk, okay? I mean, it's important. I mean, it's like all of a sudden... You know, around here forever, it's like all this team does is lose. It's the same old stuff, same old complaints. Now all this team does is win, and it's amazing. It provides fewer content from you, fewer questions from you. Everything seems to be really good right now. I mean, this is like a honeymoon that we just don't want to end. Uh, It has been spectacular. Still... An interesting football team in the Cincinnati Bengals. And today in the locker room, uh, just a couple of hours ago, had an opportunity to catch up with linebacker Devin Lloyd. And we talked about this matchup on Monday night. Here with Devin Lloyd. All right, here, here they come. I mean, this is, a, this is a good team. They have some injuries, but uh, certainly one of the better running backs in the NFL in Joe Mixon. Yeah, um, really good player. And the O-line is working really well as well. I'm um, watching them. You can tell they take pride in blocking. So, um even though, um, you know, they're losing a great player in Joe Burrow, um, Jake Brown has been doing a, a pretty good job managing their offense, and uh, it's still a tough team. We've got to be ready for them. Yeah, they've lost three in a row, but they're, you know, they're, they've played still some pretty good football. They could have won two of those three, I think. There's no question about it. With that said, is there a feeling of this team may have the ability to sneak up on you if you're not prepared? If you're not prepared, any team in the NFL can sneak up on you. Uh, everybody is the best of the best, and, um, you know, we're having success because we take um, – Every team, you know, as if it's our Super Bowl, you know, we, we prepare the right way. Um, and, you know, we don't take it easy on anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're missing. Um, you know, they still have dynamic players. I mean, the receiving core is one of the best in the NFL. Really good running back. Like, this team is a, a threat. So, um, you know, we got to prepare as such. Not the big game for you last week. Do uh, you feel like it's starting to get a little bit faster for you week to week? Excuse me, a little bit slower for you week to week. Yeah, I wouldn't say big game. I did my job. But, um, but I mean, at this point um, in my career, you know, it's just going out and um, just trying to trying to make plays, you know. I mean, really, I feel really comfortable out there. You know, I know everybody is kind of stuck on last year and, you know, my lows and everything like that. But, um, you know, I'm just focused on, uh, you know, being the best in my position. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of uh, growth, um, you know, to get there. But um, you know, I feel like I'm making the right strides, and um, you know, I think it's nothing but good things ahead. You played in big games, college and pro, but never nothing like this, Monday Night Football. What's it going to be like in a couple of nights? From what I've heard, it's going to be um, very, very hyped up. Uh, it's going to be a lot of cameras. Obviously, it's going to be really exciting being the only game on that day and so that's going to be fun you know all eyes on you um but outside of that it's really just a regular game you know i think 
we just kind of look at it from that perspective. Obviously, it's, we're really grateful to play on Monday night and have that primetime game. But at the same time, still uh, another football game. Last one from me. Uh, this is a really big day in the town. 30 years ago, the franchise was announced. I know us at the radio station are really having a big time with it. Are you even aware of it? And if so, did anything come up today? I, I know this is only your second year in the league. That was the first time I heard that. I, didn't, okay, I wasn't good. aware of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, amazing. And, yeah, we are still such a um, young franchise. But, um, you know, I love our fans and uh, the growth that, you know, I've seen just over the last year and a half that I've been here. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's a special day for a lot of people who have been season ticket holders since, you know, game one and guys who have been waiting for, you know, Jaguars to come to the city. So, um, you know, I think it should be celebrated as a big day. Thanks, Devin. Yeah, thank you. You know, that's where Jacksonville is now. They're going to be in a situation where not only do you have to make the right draft picks, but they have to gradually get better. And you hope that you can re-sign, what, 60% of them, 70% of them? I don't know. Devin Lloyd has improved. And, you know, that's a, that, that is very encouraging. Um, yeah, I think the guy next to him, Foyer, Foyer Aluakon, I think he's going to go to his first Pro Bowl. He should. I think Josh Allen's going to go to a Pro Bowl, even though there's a lot of really good edge rushers in the NFL. That's probably it, right? I mean, can you make a case maybe for Darius Williams? I, I don't know. Um, you know, Cisco missed a little bit of time, but there's always been the lack of national recognition here in Jacksonville. And, and the way to up that is more nationally broadcasted games. Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday night football. You know, Jacksonville's getting that opportunity this year with these night games, including a return Monday night football game. It is going to be absolutely spectacular. No matter which way you look at this, Jacksonville right now is a much better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, Devon Hamilton's been a healthy scratch. We get that. I saw Tyson Campbell today in the locker room. Uh, didn't get an opportunity to get near his locker. Uh, he may have been going for some treatment or what have you, but we do not know he's going to be able to play on Sunday. He was officially listed today as limited. Remember, today was the first injury report on a Thursday because this is Monday night football. Typically, when the games are on Sunday, um, you know, we get all that information beginning on Wednesday. That was not the case uh, for that reason right there. The other one is Travis Etienne. And, you know, he spoke today, and I listened in on him. And, you know, he didn't have a lot to say about the chest. He clearly didn't look the same after the injury. And, uh, you know, here's where I am with Travis Etienne. This is a marathon, not a sprint. He, and I hate that cliche, even though I just said it. But I feel like he got more carries than the team wanted him to have early on. And it was twofold. Number one, it wasn't working with Tank Bigsby. And, you know, number two, I, I, this team remains, and, and I think kind of lost in the running back equation, okay? And last week, 30 snaps for Dearness Johnson. Last week, seven carries for Dearness Johnson, a reception. Uh, two weeks ago, seven carries for Dearness Johnson in a reception. But my understanding is that part of the reason why you're not getting more, and it's just starting to get 
to be part of the process now for Johnson is a lot of this is blitz pickup. A lot of this has been this offensive line, which has been the weak link of this football team. They did not allow a sack in their victory uh, last Sunday, which is definitely encouraging. But I think we spend too much time, myself included, looking simply at carrying the football. And where's your vision when it comes to getting the football, seeing the open hole, being patient, following your blocks? Okay, and not enough on catching the ball out of the backfield. Certainly not enough on chipping. Let's go back to that early, you know, Kansas City when Chris Jones came back. Probably the worst coaching decision that the Jaguars have made this year in 11 games. I mean, you have the best player, one of the best in all of the NFL, going head-to-head with a rookie in Anton Harrison in his second-ever game, and you barely provided a tight end, or you barely provided a running back to help chip, it, it was a drastic mistake. And Chris Jones got those paws up. He had a deflection. He had a, he, had a, he was the difference in the game. Okay? I, I think that that comes into play as well here offensively. But, you know, where I'm at, I, I'd like to see Travis Etienne get a blow. I'd like to see Travis Etienne play a game on Monday night where maybe he gets, you know, 12 carries. I don't need another 18, 19, 20 some odd carries. I, this is a deal where you need him for six more games and then you need him for the month of January. Okay, his numbers don't add up average per, but he's getting more. He's getting more and more opportunities this year. And, I, you know, everyone's going to be injured. By the time you get into December football, and by the time you get into playoff football in January, everyone is injured. And, and that's part of of the week-to-week war of this league and, and the attrition of this league. I mean, you got guys that are beaten up, and you'll never hear from them, okay? A guy like Brandon Sheriff, for instance. I believe, I, I believe privately to his wife or his family or his best buddies, Brandon Sheriff last year with that core injury was like, man, I am in enormous pain. Yet when he's asked by team doctors, and I'm not singling him out. I'm saying there are hundreds of guys who do this and have done that, that they're such warriors, they're such team players, that they're beaten up so much more than we know, but they'll never admit it. They don't want their team to know it. They don't want the other team to be able to look at it and say, hey, this guy's exposed. He's got this. He's got that. Well, let's work on it. Right? I think at the end of the year, man, they just go away. They find a hot tub in Jamaica somewhere, and you don't hear from them for a great deal of time. Where I'm at with ETN is if they're going to make a run, they're going to need him. He's a huge part of this in January. It kind of felt like we went through a spell where Ridley was kind of phased out. Obviously, Zay's been injured. Okay, the, the, the three consistent performers have been Kirk, Ingram, and obviously Travis ETN. But Travis ETN, in my opinion right now, I don't want him being second in the NFL for the most carries. I, I don't think that that's best for him. So if you can get more out of Dearness Johnson or you can get a little bit more out of Tank, then I think that's best-case scenario. And, and, again, you look at the Jaguars, it's amazing. Okay, they're 8-3, and three, yet average per carry. Travis Etienne, 3.7. Dearness Johnson, 3.3. Tank Bigsby, 2.4. 
if I would just throw those numbers out, I think the response would be, all right, the Jaguars are playing for the top pick in the NFL draft again. Or the Jaguars are having a losing season. Not, uh uh-uh. They have a two-game lead in the AFC South. And they're a two-possession favorite on Monday night against the Bengals. It's... It's, it's really nuts. It is because, you know, you got a quarterback who's only thrown 12 touchdowns. It, it, it's, it's hard to explain. You know, offensively, they're averaging 23.1 a game. That's 12th in the NFL. Right now, they're a top three seed in the NFL. Defensively, they're allowing 20.5 a game. That's 12th in the NFL. It's amazing. You look at what they did a year ago. They averaged 23.8. Doug Peterson won that up five points. Well, he's got six games to up it. Right now, he's down seven-tenths of a point. He's already won. Uh, he's, if he wins Monday night, he will have won as many games as he did a year ago, going 9-8. and eight. That would put him at 9-3 and three on Monday evening. Defensively, and this is the greatest story of all, they have... They have maintained, man. They gave up 20.6 a year ago. This year, 20.5. That's a staggering number. I mean, think about it. That, that's now, that's 17 games. That's the last 28 games that the Jaguars have played. They are allowing 20 and a half points in their last 28 games. Therefore, when you're drawing up this offense, you know if you score 21 points, you're going to win. We talk about sample size and the lack of it, okay, and, and, and we can numbers this and numbers that. I love it. I crunch them all the time. You have 28 games of data. Jacksonville's given up 20 and a half. You score 21 or more, you're winning. There, you shouldn't be in the playoffs if you can't score. 21 points again, right? I still think Jacksonville is going to get, get more. Let me give you this before we uh, get out of this and, and, uh, and, and get to another uh, break. But I, I just want to support the argument. And honestly, I haven't even looked. But Jacksonville's 12th in the NFL in scoring. And, you know, I think they have potential to be a top five team in scoring. Right now, Miami, number one, 30.8. That's a playoff team. Detroit, 26-7, playoff team. San Francisco, 28-2, playoff team. Buffalo, 27-3. Of course, they won the Super Bowl. We give them a trophy each and every end of September, and then they fall flat on their face. But, you know, they're kind of the exception to the rule. Dallas, they play tonight. Um, Dallas actually scores 31.5 points. I looked at it wrong. They're number one. Ahead of Miami, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City. I mean, the, the, the top teams in this league are playoff teams. Yet it feels like Jacksonville is not where they can be offensively. But that's so encouraging because the defense has been rock solid. And if I was to say to you, six games remain, you have to improve by three points or four points a game offensively I don't think there's one of you out there who would disagree with that who would say this team does not have the potential to pull that off of course they do 
If you're saying they're scoring 23-1 a game, 23 points a game, and you need them to start scoring 26 points a game, I think you believe that this team can do that. I certainly believe they can. But if you were to say 20 and a half, you've got to take three off that to get down to 17 and a half, you're like, whoa. I mean, know what you can do and know what you can't do. I understand where I'm going when I'm moving the arrow here. It's, and it's not a complaint. It's just reality. The defense has given you what you hope for. They've given you best-case scenario, maintaining. Where the offense, I don't want to say it's underachieving because that's an unfair word. But there's room for them to get better. And that's kind of the long-winded way of, of me making that point. And we'll see what happens. Begins as early as Monday night against the Bengals. All right, we got much more to do. 641-1010 if you want to comment on that on our text line. That is brought to you by Lifetime and Coach. It's got kind of a Christmas feel in here right now. It really does. We are at Monkey's Uncle. We're going to be here tonight up until uh, 8 o'clock, okay? Uh, $3 drafts. We have $11 pitchers of Miller Lite. You can also register to win tickets for the game coming up on Monday. Just put your name and your phone number into the hat and come on by and say hello. You can also sign up for Rockville. That'll be here as well. Come on by, say hello here tonight until 8 o'clock. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, this is make out in the back of the truck type of music. Wish I grew up down here. I'd be, I'd have so much more culture. Mm, never mind. Uh, Baloo, I'm tired of all these scared FSU fans. Knowles 100% deserve to be in and beat any of those teams. All the top three teams have flaws, and FSU has the talent. Um, with Roddy, as in Rod, uh, Tate Rodemaker, I guess. I hope Norvell has a giant billboard and TV speaker with all of this no-chance criticism, FSU versus everybody. I I don't think there's a lot of scared fans. I think there's very few. Okay, I I I um I'm comfortable in my own skin with my opinion. Uh, I mean I'm not going Paul Feinbaum on you. What Feinbaum did was was really awful. Feinbaum obviously has an agenda against Florida State. If you missed out on it, Feinbaum made a big deal about how everyone wants Florida State to get in because of a they're undefeated, and he brought up an example of when he was a young kid. No one would pick him to be on their, you know, street lot sporting events and, and games, and that's the way he's made it about Florida State because the quarterback is down. He's made it personal, and I get it. That's part of his job for clicks and for ratings. He's doing it that way. He, he is attacking Florida State as an SEC guy, you know, as a mouthpiece for the SEC. I don't feel that way. There's, there's no anger here with me. I'm just, I'm always realistic. And I don't like the matchup against Georgia or Michigan. To, to me, it's scary uh, for Florida State. And, and, and again, the only thing I'm angry about is that they weren't ready two weeks ago. That bothers me. But that happens to every team. 
And I'm not talking about the rivalry game against Florida. I'm talking about two weeks ago at home against North Alabama, whoever the hell they were. Okay? The fact that you had to use Travis in that situation down 13 nothing is um, is really awful. There's no other way to say it. Now, and injuries happen all over the place. Man, they happen in practice. They happen in games. They happen against opponents like that, or, or they happen against, you know, top five teams. But I will always tell you how I feel. Whether you like it or dislike it, whether you agree or disagree, I'm always going to tell you how I feel. You know, to, to, to have to use Jordan Travis in that situation, down 13 nothing, is awful. And, and win or lose the rest of the way out, uh, it's going to be hard for me to accept that. If you lose them against Florida, okay. If you lose them against Miami, okay. Miami lost their quarterback against Florida State, trying to make a play. And I know every coach, I was like, you can get injured at any time. You know, we saw Dante Fowler tear his knee here. We saw Derwin James tear his knee when they were up by four touchdowns against South Florida, whoever the heck it was. I, I get it. You're never going to know. But that's my thought on it. That, that's not personal. That's not an agenda. That, that's me being realistic. They weren't ready against the, an inferior opponent. And as far as I'm concerned, that was uh, pretty difficult to take. Hey, uh, DJ Uyangalele just made himself available for the transfer portal. They're saying Florida State of Oregon. This is a huge game for Tate Rodemaker. If I was to put ten grand on the table right now, and say, is Tate Rodemaker going to be your starting quarterback in Dublin to open up the 2024 season against Georgia Tech, who just played with Georgia? How many people would take that bet? I mean, they, they really like Brock Glenn. Denny Thompson told me, I, I, I forget the glass kid's name. I don't spend all of that time, you know, attention as far as high school names. Uh, but the quarterback out of uh, out of uh, Savannah actually met his dad at a uh, chili cook-off. R- outstanding father. But, you know, Denny Thompson told me he's the best high school quarterback he's ever seen. And this was not on the radio. This was not in front of his dad. This was one-on-one when Denny Thompson and I were, were talking. He's like, this is the best high school quarterback. You've got to be kidding me. He's that good. He's that good dual threat. So is it one of those three? Yeah, I, I think Florida State is absolutely in play for a transfer portal quarterback. Absolutely. Especially if Tate Rodemaker doesn't light it up on Saturday night or struggles once you get into either the playoffs and or the bowl season. We'll see. I'd love it. You know, it, it'd be great to have a, a fifth-year senior, right? A guy who spent five years in the system. A guy who will have then had, what, uh, four starts, possibly five starts? Yeah. I, I would love to sign up for that. But right now, it's like, eh. You know, how realistic is it that that, that actually is going to happen or could happen? I, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm going to watch it just like you are coming up on uh, Saturday night. All right, let me come back. Let's check the money. The Florida State money. Let's find out what's going on right now as far as, you know, that fourth team in 
to the college football playoff? Is it Alabama? Is it Florida State? Could it be anyone else? I, I can't see who it would be. I, I, can't, I can't make a case for Texas or Ohio State. I mean, I, I can, but they can't is a better way to say it. They've totally told us that this head, uh, head-to-head that means everything all of a sudden doesn't mean anything. Again, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. But let's do that. All the money i got to imagine on Jacksonville as well as they take on Cincinnati. Let's go out to Las Vegas, check in with our good buddy. He is Rafael Esparza. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Vegas, baby, Vegas! All right, final moments. We are winding down. Monkey's uncle out of the beach. Thank you to Miller. Two tickets registered to win. We're going to... Announce the winner here in just a couple of minutes. $3 Miller Lite drafts as well as $11 Miller Lite pitchers. Hey, our final show tomorrow, 6 to 8 before the weekend. It's going to be a great one. All right, Tim Brando right out of the gate. Plenty of college football with him. Much more on the Jaguars. Got out of the Jags locker room. Have more interviews I want to play during Friday's show as well. So that'll be the case. 6 to 8. Rafael Esparza is with us. Let's bring in. Our good money, uh, our good friend, and uh, check the money. Uh, Heisman Trophy, is it really down to two players only? Is, is Penix still in it? Or obviously if he wins Saturday or make that tomorrow night, he'd get himself back in it. I mean, it's a two-team race. I think he needs to have like a five-touchdown type game just to, uh, to be close. I think he gets invited, but I just think it's them between Bo Nix and, and Daniels. Yeah, I, I think it's funny around here. I've heard a lot of people say that Jaden Daniels shouldn't win a Heisman Trophy. He's lost three games. They forget that Tim Tebow won a Heisman Trophy here a decade ago. He lost four games. I, I get that, but I, I'm still not sold. On, I know people are going to come back and say, but look at Oregon's schedule. Yeah, but Oregon only played Portland State, uh, and they played Hawaii. Who Hawaii has a better record than Grambling. Hawaii has a better record. Uh, that Georgia State uh, Army that the, uh, the LSU is playing. Uh, me and you have agreed on this. This has been a down season for the SEC. So some of these wins that LSU had, they're not as significant wins. And he piled up numbers. Florida's not a significant win. Uh, they have seven losses. So uh, it's a weak, a weak conference. So I think that's why I'm not. I think Bo Nick should get it right now. Rafael, what's what's going on with the money as far as uh, do you have something like the four teams that get in and and where does that go with with Florida State you know and obviously they have to beat Louisville but you know Bama knocking off Georgia uh, uh, do, do you have that type of scenario out there where you can pick the four teams who get in? No, because it was just it's too chaos this year. I mean, I was going to start doing something like that. But then, as I wrote down all the stuff, I just—it was just—it <laughs> had taken me forever to do that. I wanted to do odds for like every opening uh, possibility, and it was a lot of different matchups. And I—and I, one thing I hate doing it—I hate doing refunds to people. And I just didn't want to do refunds if, let's say, if Florida State doesn't get in or or Alabama and stuff like that. And it's just—it was just too big of a pool uh, that that could happen this year. All right, let's get to some of these games. What about tomorrow night? It is a rematch. It, it, it feels like just about the whole world is on Oregon here. What about the money? Who is that supporting? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a solid 10 now. It was 9, 9.5 when it opened up. Now it's a solid 10. I think it stays at 10. 
I would not be shocked if it's a low-scoring game. Uh, not, uh, 56th seems a little bit high. I like Washington to cover, but I think Oregon wins by a touchdown. All right, Saturday, got two huge ones. Let's begin in the SEC. In Atlanta, Alabama and Georgia. I would love to see Alabama win and then all the cards fall out and the SEC doesn't get a team, which I don't think that's going to happen. But I know a lot of people love Bama plus the points. I think Georgia flexes their muscle, and I would not be shocked if they win pretty easily against Alabama. That's nuts. You, so under that scenario, you have no teams getting in. I, I think if Bama wins, they may have both teams. I, you're going the other way here. I think if even if Bama wins, I still think, and all the other cards go out, play is the same, I still think the SEC only gets one team. There's no way SEC gets two teams this year, period. Pac-12 is going to get one because it's the death of Pac-12. So you figure yeah. Michigan's going to get one. Uh, so where does that leave? Florida State. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it. And no one talks about Texas having the biggest win of college football season, going to Alabama and winning. Yeah, it's criminal. They won on the road. It was so early, but that head-to-head is supposed to be worth e- yeah. enormous amounts, and apparently it doesn't matter to this playoff selection committee. All right, we've seen the line change quite a bit since the Jordan Travis injury, but you know, what did you learn last week? Florida State down 12 nothing. They win. Louisville up comfortably. They allow 31 points in the second half to Kentucky. Yeah, I'm not so I'm not sold on Louisville, especially how they looked in the second half last week. I think Florida State's going to win this one. If you like Florida State like I do, wait because all the money continues to come in on Louisville right now. It's one and a half. It was three at one point. Now it's one and a half. I would not be shocked if we see one or maybe even a pick 'em. Uh, I like Florida State because I, I was impressed with their defense, especially in the second half. Boy, I just find that hard to believe that they would be a public team, Louisville, after a loss. Is, is this a lot I of agree. sharp money? Is this public uh, yes. money? I mean, yeah, all, all, all public, uh, all sharp money early at the big number. Now it's just all public money because the public's thinking, wow, this number is now one and a half. They, uh, they must know something. I'm betting Louisville. So right now it's pretty, it's, I hate to say dumb money, but yeah, it's not sharp money. All right, we got one more for you. Let's get to Monday night. The Jaguars, they have not had a Monday night football game in over a decade. They do against the Bengals. How about the money here? Uh, but you have to bet the under. The under has come in 14 times on Monday Night Football. Jacksonville made me uh, top uh, Tom's like Tic Tacs last week because I had Jacksonville and I thought they were going to blow it. They gave me a, a nice win. I just think there's best value in this game uh, on the under. I think Jacksonville wins. I don't see them covering. It's a big number on Monday Night. Uh, bet the under, bet the under, bet the under. All right. Rafael Esparza with MyBookie, MyBookie.org. Tell us what else is going on. Yeah, we have uh, college football is pretty much big. We're going to find out who's in the turn or who's the final four on Tuesday. College basketball is ringing up. We saw college basketball some big upsets. Just they do clock yesterday. Uh, so, and, then other, and then baseball winter meetings. I think the next 48 hours or the next three days, I think we're going to find out where Otani goes. And then it's all then, – then the roof comes in and then everyone's going to start signing – uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. I think baseball could overtake college football and the NFL this weekend. Interesting. What do you think he's going to end up? I, I, I know the Cubs, Dodgers, and Rangers. I'm hearing the, his final three. I still think it's the Dodgers. Uh, I just told my wife if he goes to the Cubs, 
just the thought of it, I'm cheating on her right now just thinking about it because I'm a big Cubs fan, but I think he goes to the Dodgers. All right, Raphael. Always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Best of luck with everything in your place. Take it easy. Have a fantastic weekend. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, today's takeaway is not exactly going out on the limb, but if you just look at our conversation tonight, you look at your response on our text line, uh, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. College football is going to get so much better. There's going to be a massive breath of fresh air to this sport because of a 12-team college football playoff. All right? And in a way, I kind of want to see a team get screwed this year uh, just to ju- you know just for that reason and that reason only because there are still some individuals out there i remember a few years ago when they said going two to four it, i'll never forget it they're like oh we really don't need a four-team playoff as if they forgot that game you know georgia against oklahoma or what have you I, you're gonna get upsets with these first round matchups and the four teams who have a bye but the best part of a 12-team college football playoff is there won't be a Texas. There won't be an Ohio State. There won't be an Alabama or Florida State if you're left out and you're the fifth or sixth or seventh team, and those schools will. Under the new scenario, you're all going to get that opportunity. You're all going to get a chance to play during the college football playoff. It should have been with us ages ago. It's taken way too long. But at least that'll finally be put into play during the 2024 regular season. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Hacker Nation, back in the studio. Young man, what's going on? Rick, how you doing, man? Happy uh, 30-year birthday to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Pretty incredible, yeah. I asked Devin Lloyd about it in the locker room today. He said that was the first he had he had heard about it. I mean, he's only been here two years, so um, it's amazing. I mean, it's so big to us here at the radio station, so big to all the fans in Jacksonville, but to those players, it's just another day. Yeah, I mean, what, 90% of them were not born 30 years ago on this Jaguar <laughs> roster. And one of the things I'm going to get into, I lived in Tallahassee when the announcement was made. My mother and I moved to Jacksonville when she got transferred when I was 11. So in 1993, I was still in Leon County, Florida, Rick. I know that you know it very well. And, boy, it was a big deal in Tallahassee and Panama City and really all over North Florida that Jacksonville was getting a team. I remember we subscribed to the Jaguar Inside Report. Remember that, that weekly Jaguar newspaper that came out? And I'm just going to kind of go down memory lane with a lot of those uh, thoughts tonight. Was that with Vic Ketchman? It was, and you had the uh, the player photo every week. I got a collection of those player photo posters from the Jaguar Inside Report somewhere in my attic. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say it that way because I began the show with it. In 1993, this month was so incredible because this was the month of the uh, game of the century where I went to Chicago and slid over to Notre Dame for number one Florida State losing to Notre Dame, and then BC and Tom Coffin went in there and won, and then Florida State knocked off NC State, then knocked off 
Florida in the swamp, and I was an intern with ABC Sports. So I was traveling, doing a ton of college. When this came in, it never really affected me that much the moment I heard it. But obviously, it ended up changing my life because I would come over there, you know, t- two years later uh, when the franchise did. So pretty amazing how that worked out, and I know you'll have some good stories on it. Yeah, no question about it. One thing about Florida State, Notre Dame in 93, I know you were there. For some reason, I started watching that on YouTube a couple of months ago. Do you remember who did the post-game interview with both Bowden and Lou Holtz on the field for NBC Sports? O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, the juice. That was, what, I guess seven months before the uh, White Bronco out there in California. Yeah, and that was an NBC game, so unfortunately I wasn't able to to work that one I, I i did the others the miami game florida game and everything else but yeah that was an nbc game 30 years ago no doubt all right hack what else tonight yeah we're gonna have leon seriously on obviously you get him during prime time weekly here on hacker after dark to preview monday night football we'll also go up to cincinnati my guy jay morrison has covered the Bengals for years we'll get the Bengals side of this matchup and bowls tomorrow night plays one of the best teams in the country rick miami norland in the state semifinals of their classification, we'll have Bulls head football coach Matthew Toblin on this evening as well. All right, Hack, have a lot of fun. I'll see you over there tomorrow. Thanks, Rick. That's going to do it for us. As always, thank you to Miller Lite. What a great party. We appreciate them uh, having us out here. And, of course, Monkey's Uncle. What a fun time it has been. And uh, it's always great to make it out here to the beach. That has been sensational. I do not check the text line. Now that the show is over, if you want to get a hold of me, the best way to do so is on Twitter. That is Baloo1010XL. Thank you to Devin Lloyd. Thank you to Grant Marsh. Thank you to JJ LaSelva. I am Rick Baloo. Tomorrow, we'll do it again. That'll be 6 to 8, our final show before the weekend. We'll talk with you then.